My greatest hope is not to inspire you. I actually don't care about that. My greatest hope is that together we go to the foot of the cross where Christ and Christ alone will transform your life and transform mine. And we can't fix you and songs don't have magical powers, but we are going to worship a God who can change everything. This is the Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts and influencers, the dreamers and the doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond and create. I'm Rich Langton and on today's episode, we've got Brooke Ledgerwood from Hillsong Worship. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I can't believe this is our 10th episode already. It's gone so fast. And for me personally, it's been a great journey. I've enjoyed being part of the interviews, but also listening to them back. And from the feedback that we're receiving, you guys are really loving the interviews and the content as well. So thanks for listening and thanks for coming on this journey with us. On today's episode, we have Brooke Ledgerwood, who many of you will know from her many songs that she's written for Hillsong Worship. She's an authentic worshipper, a really funny personality, and also someone who has such a heart for Jesus. He comes out so evidently and so clearly in this interview. You can sense her love of God and her deep passion for wanting to serve Him authentically and and do that on and off the platform. In this interview, Brooke talks with Gabe Kelly about the songwriting process, about creativity, about leading worship authentically, and about putting together our latest album, There Is More. But then the conversation morphs into this conversation about family and life and balancing being a worship leader and being um, someone who travels around the world a lot and, and the whole balance of life. It's a question obviously many people ask, how do you balance ministry and work and life and all the, uh, all the responsibilities that we have? And so Brooke delves into that and shares how she is approaching that in this season of life. I found it personally very helpful and, and um I think you will too as you listen. So why don't we jump straight in and we'll talk to you after the interview. Well, it is a real treat, Brooke, to have you on our Hillsong Creative Podcast. I am so honoured. I am here. more honoured. No, I'm actually honoured. I'm so excited that we finally have a podcast. Now we are recording this at our colour conference here in Sydney, which has been an amazing week already. Yep. Um, and you've been involved in colour and what we do as a church for a long time. Yep. This isn't your first rodeo, as we say in the biz. Um, you've been part of our church for how long? This is 2018, mm. correct? Mm-hmm. So it'll be 14 years now? Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. I know. It's In a few years, it'll be two decades. Can you believe that? Um, 14 <laughs> years. A lot has changed since then in yep. our church and a lot has yep. changed in your own life since then, since you first came over the ditch and yep. joined us here in Sydney, Australia. And your um, your ministry life and your everything has kind of taken a lot of iterations, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about the present, to be honest. Mm. Um, you are now a key part and a leader in our Hillsong worship team, mm-hmm. which is great. When did that become your um, your egg to nest? 
this has been my egg to nest for in terms of being at the helm which is a a terrifying and weighty privilege uh, that has been Rooney was five weeks old so it'll be in a few months it'll be a year yeah so it's kind of still new yeah still new enough to be ish. terrifying and weighty I think if it if it isn't terrifying and weighty then I shouldn't do it anymore <laughs> have you always felt that way about the stuff you work on or does this feel different uh, someone asked me a few months ago um, when did I feel called to worship Huh. And the answer is, I have never <laughs> felt called to worship. <laughs> what I felt called to do was to lay down my life for the gospel and the huh. kingdom of God. And so in whatever form that takes, that's what I'm willing to do. Yeah. And so that has, as it's taken many forms in many different seasons. And um, certainly some of it has been, you know, unusual. And um, that has happened because I've heard very specifically from God at those times and um, really? Yeah. And kind of gone off the beaten track, as it were, following the voice of God, which, um, you know, leads to a lot of misunderstanding. But I think that there are several things in the Christian journey that are common to us all and actually the kindness and providence of God. And I think some of those things are seasons of isolation, are seasons of misunderstanding, are seasons of hiddenness. I think that all of those are necessary to the yeah. fruitfulness in our lives. I think we just started a three-hour conversation just in that last 48 seconds. Yes, sorry, so sorry. I went, I went very deep, very fast. No, let's, let's wind it back to shallow. No, let's not. Let's keep it there. Okay. Because <laughs> I would look at what you've done and I would think that everything from your, like, your solo artist career, the whole Brooke Fraser thing, everything has been very public and has been very upfront. Mm. So for you to feel like there's been periods of isolation and loneliness would seemingly not gel with the perception of that. Mm. Um, is that something that's been it's been there the whole way along, those feelings of kind of separation and misunderstanding? Or is that just... Uh, no, I think there's, you know, there's certainly seasons. And a lot of that is to do with by necessity of your vocation and calling, mm -hmm. making the things that are most private and sacred to you public to an extent. Mm. There's a, a line, perhaps not a line, a path that you have to find within that tension of figuring out how to still bring something generative into the world, mm -hmm. still something that is deeply true and deeply authentic to who you are without pimping out that which is holy, if yeah. that makes sense. So I imagine this line's different for everybody, but this is, I mean, this is one of the things we were gonna get to, mm. is what is, where is that line for you? Is it different depending on the season you're in, the song you're writing, the, the room you're leading worship in? Is it a line that you walk every day or is it something that you're conscious of at a, mm. at a macro level? I think whenever I'm engaged in a creative act, I'm, I'm not trying to analyze it too much. I'm not trying to be so conscious of the act of creating that I'm focused on that instead of um, who I should be focusing on. Uh -huh. The way that expresses itself is, is different in all its various articulations, but I think it's always something that I'm conscious of on, on some level. You know, particularly like worship leading is a weird yep. thing because yep. if you apply, you know, maybe a marriage metaphor to worship, like if I, I always found it really weird when people would say, I love watching you worship. I'm like, that's really creepy. It's like saying 
you love watching me kiss my husband. Mm. You know, like mm. the idea is not that yeah. you're watching me kiss my husband. The idea is that you're <laughs> kissing your, your own, own go kiss your own husband. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, you know, that's the the beauty and the um, the wonder of of corporate worship and we're worshiping as a people is that it's um, a whole lot of individual affection taking place at the same time and somehow us all not only being transformed and interacting with this beautiful God on our own but also um, as a as a people yeah, and yeah. as a body as the body of Christ that specialness of what happens when we are all engaging in that at once is pretty miraculous this is a lot of fun sorry I I'm feel fun I'm quite tired so I'm very verbose and perhaps going all sorts of places that's so fine we haven't even gotten started yet okay. um no you talk about how you're always mindful of who you're creating for as a songwriter mm. when you're writing worship songs yeah are you thinking about the people who are going to sing them is it just your own personal devotional life i've heard you mm. talk about it from both perspectives depending on yes. the song does it chop and change depending on what you're working on exactly it is both so there's there's times when i'm trying when i'm trying to write and mm. so I'm asking the Lord, what is it that you want to say to your church? Or what is it? What is the song that we need to have in our mouths right now? Give me an example of that song. Um, so, for example, um, I think that there are truths which we should always be singing about yep. and talking about as Christians. Yep. And so we need to keep writing those songs over and over again in a yep. million different ways to yep. continue to articulate and remember certain things so those things would be the cross would be our would be our identity would be god's identity yep. his faithfulness all of these things all of these truths of god and his kingdom which i think need to be focused on in various ways and we need to keep recycling so for so i was talking to jeremy courtney recently yeah and he was talking about how, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we had all these Here I Am, Send Me songs. And he said, right. where are the sending songs today? Wow. And so for those of us who have maybe been part of the church for a long time, those songs are still very fresh to us because mm. maybe we came to faith around that time and we're yeah. singing Here I Am, Send Me, or I want to be a history maker, you know, from yeah. Delirious, all those they things. They were the seminal moments of, totally. like, of our journey. So there, we remember those. But yeah. for a new generation to coming to Christ, that's why... I love and am so passionate about the mantle on our house at, on Hillsong Church yeah, yeah, yeah. and from the mantle from our senior pastors that we will be a house that bring a new song, yeah. that bring a new song in every season because there's always a new generation coming to Christ who need a new understanding and a new revelation, their own revelation and with a yep. current song for that thing. So at the moment, may I'm thinking about sending songs. I haven't written one yet, yeah. but I'm thinking about that. Yeah. All right, let's stay here for a sec. I think even the new album, the New Hillsong Worship album, there is more. There's a bunch of those songs that kind of sit in that eternal scriptural declaration, whether it's Be Still or the last couple of albums have had Like For God So Loved mm. and all those kind of songs. How do you keep inspiring the team, the writers, the mm. musicians to find fresh expression for a timeless truth that we keep going back to and rightly so? Like, How do you keep going to the same well scripture and obviously it's mm. eternal it's untouchable in that sense and keep finding new ways to express it how do you push yourself to do that yeah look hopefully you know if i can inspire the team that's great i don't <laughs> i don't really know how to do that that's cool. i don't really know how to do that honestly all i know is that um one of the greatest gifts that god gives us is each other mm -hmm. and so the way that ben hastings experiences jesus and the way that Ben Fielding and Aidan King and Hannah Hobbs, the way that they experience Jesus and can articulate 
them in song helps teach me something new about the character of God. And so whenever people ask me, you know, what are we writing about at the moment? What are our themes? I, I kind of try and steer the conversation away from that to what's God speaking to you at the moment? And right. what's he stirring in your life? And what's he doing? Because we need songs from the throne room, not songs mm -hmm. from a place of, I don't know, trying to conjure yeah. up what we should be singing but actually which is the most when, authentic place yeah to write from. like and, and honestly we have a song called new wine on the new album yeah. that i wrote i wasn't trying to write it it was a song that came from me on my knees before god hmm. and it was just my prayer it wasn't a song i was trying to write and it probably yeah. wasn't a song that i would write yeah but yet here it is and again and again it's different and it's, this is always the tension of writing for church as well is that you are wanting writers to bring an offering that is so deeply personal and so deeply true yeah. but that um, is not so um, particular that it's uh, that it isolates people. Yep. And so with New Wine particularly, I think it's a um, it's not a song that says anything that hasn't been said in songs before. But I don't think that's the idea. Uh -huh. I think, like I said, we constantly need to read songs that are reiterating or reinterpret reinterpreting eternal truths or at least um, lifetime truths for those of us on the journey with with Jesus. This episode is brought to you by our latest album from Hillsong Worship called There Is More. It only came out a few days ago and you can get it at hillsong.com forward slash worship. I believe that this album will personally really help you in your relationship with Jesus. So I'd encourage you to get the album for yourself personally. And if you're a worship leader or a pastor, I would encourage you also to get it for your church. Listen to the songs and, and bring the songs into the life of church because they've really impacted me personally, but also our church at Hillsong. The songs on this album have taken our congregation to places in Jesus that I could never have imagined. And so I'd encourage you firmly to get it and to enjoy it and to magnify God as you listen and as you worship. I'm Brooke Lidgetwood and this is my Fantastic Four. My favourite book this year is I am rereading A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. And I am loving it just as much as the first time, maybe more. If I could share a meal with a person from the Bible, it would be a lunch with Jacob. Very fascinated by him at the moment. What a multi-dimensional person. What a strange journey. If I could only eat one cuisine for the rest of my life, it would be cuisine from Australia. When I was little, I wanted to be a forensic anthropologist.
So help me, help me explain this. Our team writes a lot of songs. We would have up to 100 songs that would be under consideration for a project. Yes. Depending on what it is. Um, how do you as leader of Hillsong Worship and to other people listening here, how do you help people see past what's a great piece of art, what's a great song, but what's the right thing for this moment, for this particular project or whatever else? Yeah, it's a really tricky thing. Creating a project that entails having say 12 songs when we have many more writers than that Uh, we have many more leaders than that we have many more people who have such incredible gifts and talents and and we value them but helping not just them but helping all of us understand that a song on an album is not a reward no like uh, the glory of God is our reward so I have written far many more songs that haven't ever been heard than have Uh if you're a a key part of our team and yep. sewing to this house and building the house like you know everything's up for consideration but it's um it's a life of sacrifice that's behind the offering that you see when it comes to um what we put out into the greater church and into the world you know it's a it's an annual 12th song yep. album yep. and so that by necessity is a is a finite thing mm. not an infinite thing and so i and we are looking at the scope of that 12 song collection so if we have 12 12 songs that are about wonder we don't need that that's where we've run to it so so we're looking for dimension we're looking for it's 12 opportunities yes it's 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 12 opportunities to tell the story of the gospel to tell the story of jesus and his people to the, tell the story of who he is um in this particular way and with this particular expression and sound for this year so um for example god's so i loved which is uh-huh. on our new album there is more actually was submitted for um, Let There Be Light originally, but it wasn't the right song for that album. So a lot of the time, a lot of times it's about seasons and timings. So come two years later, now is the time for that song. Now is the time when it became very apparent that we needed to be singing the gospel to people who would walk in the doors. And so I think all of those things, a lot of it honestly is a mystery to me, but somehow um, it's like, you throw these sticks in the water and when it comes time to collect them you see the 12 that have kind of risen where there's others that might have risen for a time and then sunk below to the depths and others that may have washed downstream but generally somehow there's 12 that remain and those are the ones that we collect and tie in a bundle and say here go build your fire and burn for Jesus. That is maybe the greatest song selection metaphor I've ever heard (laughs) and you just kind of went on the spot. Yeah. which takes me to my next question perfectly we should talk about it you and Ben Fielding recently won a Grammy Award uh, along with our team for the song What a Beautiful Name massive congratulations if I could clap I'd be clapping into the microphone (laughs) Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience of that night and and just your receptivity towards that yeah I mean obviously um, something like that is not in our minds when we're writing a song Mm -hmm. for our church and when um, the nomination happened and it came along both Ben and myself and I think everybody else associated with the song and the project and with our team went this is an opportunity for the gospel uh-huh. and we see it for what it is yeah. so we went into that night ready for whatever God would want to do and I don't and what I'm talking what I'm not talking about is whatever would happen on the stage whether the award was won or whether it wasn't won right. we were talking about like we're in a room with a group of people tonight mm. that we may never be with again mm. everyone from ushers in the venue to other nominees to yeah. whatever so yeah. we were like 
we were like, Lord, we're ready to be ninjas, like whatever yeah, it is. That. And the cool thing was um, the com- the opportunity, the conversations that we got to have, which yeah. no one else will ever know about, but yeah. we know about. And to see the excitement um, from other people, other nominees in other categories who were believers and were awesome. so excited that the name of Jesus had been spoken about. Um, from a stage like the Grammys and one of the nominees in the classical category came up to me with her husband this beautiful meek woman who said to me that she and her husband were worship leaders at I think the Roman Catholic Church she said and that they she was a nominee in the classical category but that her and her husband led what a beautiful name at the little Roman Catholic Church and then another guy who came up to me who was a nominee in the metal category like his band was in the metal category and (laughs) told me how he um, like is an ambassador for a big symbol company and he does demonstrations around the world on these symbols and he does a metal version of What a Beautiful Name. So, you know, <laughs> so there are believers everywhere and there were believers there that night who yeah. felt really encouraged um, about what God was doing through the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, we're a local church, you yeah. know, and here we are and like this. So there's that side of it and there's also the side of it it's you know there's so many people who have listened to that song now that might never have listened to it or heard of it if something like this hadn't happened so just out of sheer curiosity they might have read about it on the news oh this church want this thing so they listen to this song and only eternity will be able to tell us what that did in the lives of people maybe there was somebody on a train who was bored and had a few extra minutes like at their stop and saw a news article about it thought I'm going to watch this on YouTube yeah, yeah. and something in their heart ignited and the Holy Spirit used that moment. I love that. Um, so we recognize it for what it is and we see it as an opportunity for the gospel. That's cool. It's very cool. And I love that there's a Roman Catholic orchestral version going around and a metal <laughs> version going around. Yeah. Metal is the language of angels. It's we balanced. know that. I've heard that. I think given your now like extensive career as an artist and a songwriter and all this other stuff that you do, um, we talked before, and I think it's no, no secret, you're passionate about a lot of justice initiatives. You already mentioned Jeremy Courtney and the guys in the Preemptive Love Coalition. Um, you remain passionate about that stuff. Yeah. How do you find ways to make sure that remains a part of your world mm. when the temptation would just be to work on songs, worship leading, etc., etc., etc.? Yeah, that's a great question. I think... But I think the more that you immerse yourself in worship and the more that you spend time with Jesus, <laughs> you are aware of the things that move his heart. And mm. my sponsored kid, Zah, actually don't give a crap whether I've won a Grammy or not. Like that doesn't impact their life at all. Yeah. But what does impact my life is their sponsorship. Yeah. And so I'm consciously aware of that, of um, what am I, Jesus is, is where the least of these are. So what am I doing for Jesus when I ask myself that question, the direct biblical parallel to that is what am I doing for the least of these? Mm. So that is a constant challenge to me. I constantly feel like I'm failing, but I am constantly trying to be attentive to that and be aware of how I'm stewarding that question in, in every season of life, which is a tough one, yeah. Did being a mum change your perspective on this as well? Um, like having girls of your own, having kids of your own, do you see your perspective evolving and developing? In terms of relating to social justice directly or just the generally? Of God, the stuff that God cares about. Yeah. All of a sudden you see it in your own children's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, I'm really determined that, um, you know, I'm aware that I live a life of 
immense privilege and that my children won't have to face challenges that a lot of have other children have to face. So how do I raise them with a sense of humility, with a sense of, you know, entitlement is my nightmare. And I try and stamp it out within myself wherever I find it. And I, honestly, I find it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly having to go to the Holy Spirit and ask him to help me and ask him to forgive me because um, I think it's a natural human, it's a sin thing 100%. that we tend towards, you know. Yep. So I'm constantly having to try and find it and stamp it out in myself and fail all the time with that. But then it's like, how do I raise my kids not to be entitled? Because that's like my worst nightmare. How do I raise them to be people who are humble and who are passionate and who are compassionate and who are aware of what they have and what its purpose is. So they're, you know, they're two and eight months old. So um, we're not having those conversations yet. yet. But, um, you but know, it's something I'm asking now. myself all the time and asking advice from parents like you, my friends with, you know, older kids, how, how do you have those conversations mm. and how do you, how do you ex example that to them first? Yeah. I think it's super liberating for me and probably for people listening to hear that not only are you aware of that in your own life, but you consistently combat it. Like, I think that's such a mature thing for you to kind of be working on in terms of everything else you're involved in. But I think it's clear that it is, it's a part of your walk with God, not just something that you're trying to do for your kids' sake. Um, how do you kind of keep that balance with your family, with the amount of time that you're potentially touring in the studio, mm. writing? Have you found anything that works for you guys, for you and Scotty and your girls? Look, super honest time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm constantly disappointing somebody <laughs> at this stage you know it's a I have two literally two babies you know mm -hmm. they can't feed themselves they can't change their own butts they mm -hmm. can't do any of that and when I'm having a conversation like this with you they are somewhere else and, and do you feel that tension the whole time I feel it the whole time and when you talk I'm sure you have you've talked to people in our world people you look up to what's their encouragement to you mm. I think the the great thing about our world is that um Everyone is so releasing, so caring, so compassionate. But I'll never forget, I think it was actually Colour Conference last year that Julia Bell said, you have to, like, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. You have to find what works for your family and go with that. Do you have any encouragement that you'd like to get? I'm sure there's hundreds or thousands of parents, mums, like, listening to this who are going to be leading worship in their church on Sunday and mm. they're going to be also packing the diaper bag and getting the stroller ready next to their guitar case. Yes. Like anything that you would want to encourage them with? I would just say you're doing so much better than you think you are. <laughs> um, I think every mum knows within them the the, the boundaries and the yeah. you know when you're pushing it too far and you know when you actually need to get in the car, go home and be with your children. So it's always that balance I think between not pushing too hard but also not shrinking back and stepping into all that God is asking you to do but he he knows you and he knows your children and he knows your family so he'll never actually ask you to step into something in a way that would cause those other things to diminish or disintegrate yeah. so um, other people might but God won't so yeah. we have to ask the Holy Spirit constantly for help and discerning what those um, what those lines and those boundaries are and sometimes it will mean pushing beyond what we're comfortable with sometimes it will mean disappointing people that we greatly love and respect mm -hmm. but at the end of the day um, I see my two girls as my ministries so I'm not just involved in building this I'm involved in building these two precious souls yeah. they're the first so, people that you will lead and pastor yeah 
so that's a big deal. Yeah. I think we're going to release this episode while our Hillsong worship team is on tour in support of our pastor, pastor's new book, There Is More with Pastor Prime, which is cool. Um, so people will be hopefully listening to this and on their way to... <gasps> tour nights which Wouldn't is really, really cool. Wouldn't it just be so serendipitous for someone to be listening to this on their way to the event? Yes. What should they expect? What do you think they're going to be coming to? Look, I'm pretty fired up about things right now. Good. You should be. <laughs> so I emailed our team a few days ago and I reminded us, which we know very well, but I remind us like what Hillsong Church are not is we are not an events company. We are ministers of the gospel mm-hmm. and I am not taking my kids on a tour bus and gaff taping my baby down to we're just joking about that by the uh, way not just joking about that but I like it's actually not like my greatest hope is not to inspire you I actually don't care about that my greatest hope is that together we go to the foot of the cross where Christ and Christ alone will transform your life and transform mine. And that's why we're leaving our families and getting on planes and getting on a bus because it's the gospel and it's a a life or death situation and we can't fix you and songs don't have magical powers, but we are going to worship a God who can change everything, who is a creator, who is a forgiver, who is a redeemer and who is a restorer and in the presence of God together we can experience him and see some mighty things take place. So if you are on your way, we cannot wait to be with you. And if you want to be on your way, get on your way. (laughs) And if you're not on your way, just go read your Bible now and pray and put on some worship and sing to God and see what happens. Yeah. I love that. I love you. I love you and Scotty. I love family. I love you. The problem we have is that I've only actually asked two of my questions. <laughs> so I will end our discussion Great. on the condition that you agree to do it again and you have to say yes now so yes. I can publicly hold you to that. Um, but Brooke Ledgewood, thank you so much for coming on thank our you. Hillsong Creative Podcast. This thank has you. probably been a personal highlight for me. Um, <laughs> Stop. Since the last interview. <laughs> and until exactly. the next one. Perfect. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brooke Ledgerwood and Gabe Kelly. Sounds like they had a lot of fun at the Colour Conference and also they talked about some pretty deep aspects of creativity and balancing the journey. One of the things that Brooke talked about was putting together our There Is More album and the songwriting process and encouraging our team to not create and not write because of a theme or because of something we've placed on them but to write from a genuine, authentic relationship with God and what He's, you know, what Jesus is speaking to them about at the moment. Imagine we all uh, approached our creativity in every sphere of life and uh, with a real sense that it, that it came from an authentic relationship with Jesus. Imagine if that relationship with Jesus was the primary thing and not the deadlines and the lists and the to-do items that we have. Um, often our creativity can be so framed by getting stuff done instead of really just focusing in on Jesus and on magnifying the King of Kings and celebrating His goodness. I mean, that's the kind of creativity that we as a creative team here would want to build. And I I believe that's the creativity that builds the church. And that also sparks the attention of a needy world. It's the creativity that points to something so much bigger, that's authentic and real, but comes out of that genuine place of love of God and wanting to make Him known and wanting to magnify Him. So I'd I'd encourage you to create from that place and to... um, reconsider how you approach your creativity in this coming season. If you'd like to keep up with Brooke's journey, you can follow her on Instagram at Brooke Ledgerwood 
or as Brooke mentioned, Hillsong Worship is currently on a tour in the United States. You can find out more information about that at hillsong.com forward slash worship. One of the other things that Brooke mentioned during the interview was a conversation she had with Jeremy Courtney from the Preemptive Love Coalition. They're an organization that we partnered with for our Hillsong Worship and Creative Conference last year. And they're a great organization doing work in Iraq and Syria and some of the most war-torn places of the earth. If you'd like to know more about Preemptive Love and the work that they do, you can check them out on Instagram as well, at Preemptive Love. As I mentioned at the start, this is episode 10 of our podcast and we've enjoyed the journey. It's been so great and we've learned a lot so far. We're going to take a small break for this season and we're going to come back with season two in a couple of weeks. In this next season, season two, we're going to have awesome interviews with incredible guests as we've had. and We've got some really good ones lined up. But alongside that, something to look forward to is that we're going to be having some discussions about our core values as Hillsong Creative. Obviously, we're far from perfect and we're still on a journey and learning, but we've learned a thing or two over the years and I hope that it will be helpful to you as you lead and as you outwork your creativity in your local church. So look forward to season two. It's going to be incredible. Well, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud. And I'd encourage you to do that so you can be a part of the journey with us. We'd love to hear from you too. So if you want to give us your comments, do that on our Instagram. It's at HillsongWCC. And we'll see you next time.